Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. jumping into week two of a series that we've entitled Breakthrough, because we believe that 2024 is a breakthrough year. So we've been taking the entire, we're going to take the entire month of January and lean into who Jesus is. We want to, we want to take some time strategically draw closer to him through prayer and fasting. We're seeking God for a deeper, a deeper level. Saying, God, I know there's more of you. We haven't, we haven't even begun to tap into who he is in his full presence. And so that's what we want to lean into for 2024. So we're expecting God to show up. We're expecting God to be the God of breakthroughs. We're expecting him to move in, in our marriages, right? We're expecting him to be the breakthrough in our marriages. We're expecting him to, to be a breakthrough in our finances. We're expecting him to break through over our health concerns. We're expecting him to break through. Maybe, maybe there's a little apathy. You've grown a little cold and you, and you want 2024 to be a year of closeness. And so he's going to break through in our heart and push through so we can get into his presence. And, and we want 2024 to be a year of breakthrough when it comes to forgiveness. Maybe you're holding on to something. You, you're part of your past and there's some pain and God's like, man, I need you to let go of that. And so there needs to be some forgiveness that takes place. Maybe, maybe it's with purpose. You know, you're here and you're like, man, I, I know I made it through another year of 2023 and it's 2024, but why? Why am I here? And so it's a breakthrough year for your purpose. Or maybe it's even your job or your career. You've, you've been praying and this is the year that the Lord is going to answer. My question for you this morning is, do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want to see God move in such a way that whatever it is that is holding you back would be a year of breakthrough? And so here's the question that you have to answer this morning is are you willing to give it to God? Are you willing to give it to God? Now I understand that that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, right? That's hard, like, oh, I'm gonna give you this. This is the, because if I give it to you, surely everything's gonna be easy. Pastor Angel and I had to walk through a season of our life and, and learn this ourselves, where we, where we had to give it to God. We gotta give this to the Lord. We gotta give this to the Lord. So right after we got married, we got married young, and we're like, hey, let's start a family, right? And so we're gonna, we're gonna start a family. Let's start having kids, and it's gonna be great. And we just know the Lord's gonna bless us with some wonderful children, um, maybe two. I'm just playing, I'm just playing, Olivia. She looked at me like, what are you trying to say, right? Uh, but, but here's the deal. We started praying, and, and it was like, okay, here we go. And in month one, in month two, in month three, in month four, and negative test after negative test. All right, it's going to be late. So, so after year one, this is going to happen. This is the breakthrough. God's going to, he's going to bless us with a child. And after year one, no child. So then you keep seeking, right? You don't give up and you keep praying. And so we kept praying. And so it's year two. Year two is going to be our year, right? And, and God's going to bless us with a child. And year two goes by and more negative tests. And so we have a whole church that's standing with us and we're, they're praying for us. And we just know year three, this is going to happen, right? God's going to show up. There's going to be a breakthrough in year, year three, more negative tests. All right, so maybe it's year four, right? We're gonna have faith and we're gonna believe. And so we're gonna trust God and we're gonna lean into him even though there's doubt and even though there's, there's some fear, God, we're just gonna trust you. And, and after year four, no child. 
And there was moments, trust me, there are moments where I just, I just fell on my face before the Lord. I would, I would come to the altar and I would just seek him and I would cry out to him. And I would, I would say this, I would, I would kind of make this my prayer. God, I promise not to ruin this kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, you, I, if there's anything from you, Lord, that's like, if I give you a child, you will break them. I, I won't, I promise. I won't do it. I'll be better parents than my parents, right? I'll, I'll do, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And in a season where like, if you drank the water, it's kind of like what's happening in Wadsworth right now. Like everybody drinks the water and everybody gets pregnant. Like everybody's getting pregnant and, and we weren't. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you. And so month after month, year after year, felt like there was a giant in our way. And it was taking its toll on myself and Pastor Angel. But I remember the day where you know, we took the tests well, I say we, how I many you know that I didn't take the test? She took the test. Let's just, let's just be clear on that part. And so she takes the test and we saw, for those of you who understand how they work, we saw two lines. And I, and I share that with you this morning because I want you to know that breakthrough is coming. It may not have been in year one. It, it may not have been in year two, but I want you to know that breakthrough is coming. So there is hope to be had this morning. So you have your, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. And we're going to be reading in verses 17 through 18. I want to give you just a little bit of quick context. So this is, this is a moment in time where, where the king, King Saul, had been defeated. So he's perished, he's moved on, and now David has been anointed king. And the Philistines, this, this giant army is, is rounding up. They're circling up. Like, this is our moment, this is our season. We are going to overthrow Israel. And so we're ready to go to battle. They're circling up. They're on the battlefield and they're ready to fight. And here's where we pick up the story in verse 17. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force. That's important to know. They went up in full force. They didn't hold anything back. Like this is, we're bringing our very best. And they went to look for him. They went to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. Now, I don't know about you, but, but David understands and he hears that the enemies have gathered. Full force, there is a stronghold and they're gathered in this valley and he goes down to the stronghold. I don't know about you, but, but if I knew there was an entire army of enemies coming to get me, I don't think I would go down to meet them. I would be like, oh, they're there? I'm gonna go this way, right? And, and go the opposite. But David has a faith that's inspirational to us. He leans in and so he goes down to the stronghold. Now, if you, if you spoke Hebrew and you understood, like when we read that name, Raphaim, you're like, man, why does that name sound so familiar? It was a family name. More than likely, Goliath, right? This is a family name that's a family of giants. More than likely, Goliath came from this family name. So 10 years earlier, if you've ever heard the biblical account, maybe you were taught it in Sunday school of David and Goliath. So David had slain uh, Goliath about 10 years prior to this battle about to happen. So understand now, there's a family name and it's giants. So standing between David and his destiny is a valley full of giants. And this morning, what may be standing between you and your calling? What may be standing between you and your destiny? What's standing between you and your breakthrough may be a valley of giants. And maybe that's how you're feeling this morning. Like, hey, what I'm walking through, what I'm experiencing feels overwhelming. It feels massive. It feels so big. I'm not sure how we're going to make it. Because this morning you may be facing opposition. You may have a, a list of unanswered prayers. 
And you're like, God, I need you to show up. I've tried to kick this habit by myself over and over and over again. And it just seems like some giants are impossible to defeat. And so let's make it personal for a moment. Let's make this personal. My question to you this morning would be this. What is your 2024 giant? Right, let that sink in for a moment. Because even before I asked it, you, you were probably here going, man, I know what that is. Because I've, I've seen this giant, I have faced this giant. I have been battling this giant year in and year out. This is a decade long giant. This is a mountain that's standing in front of me. So where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need that breakthrough? Maybe, maybe it's in doubt. I've been there. Maybe it's in that doubt where you're like, it's just gonna be another negative test, why bother? Why go to the store? Why waste the money? We know what the answer is gonna be. And so maybe there's a breakthrough and a doubt that needs to happen. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, my marriage, the romance is gone. And so I need you to break, I need you to break through this, God, because, because we ain't been on a date for years and, and we're missing it. And so I want something to be rekindled. And so you need a breakthrough in your marriage. Maybe, maybe it's in your finances. Maybe last year at this time, you were like, I know it. This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna believe that I'm gonna be debt-free by the end of 2023. And now 2024 is here and you're like, it's bigger than it was last year. And so you're like, I need a breakthrough in my finances. God, would you show up? Maybe, maybe it's a breakthrough in a medical diagnosis. Maybe you received news. Maybe you were like me. I remember you know, a couple months ago when I shared the story and how you can look on your phone and you could diagnose yourself and then you can look on all the apps and be like, oh yeah, this is what this means, even without talking to a doctor. But maybe you did get that diagnosis and you need a breakthrough when it comes to that diagnosis. Or maybe it's a breakthrough in a severed relationship. You keep connecting and they keep rejecting. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And so you need a breakthrough in this area of your life. So what is standing in your way of what God has called you to be? And more importantly, how do you face it? I think David gives us a great example of what we can lean into in verse 19. I want you, I want you to hear it. I want you to read it with me. It says, so David inquired. He inquired of the Lord. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? He inquired of the Lord. Right before he marched in, before he goes to this battle, he is strategically asking God, God, what is it that you want of me? He is praying, he is inquiring, God, if I go, will you defeat them? If I go, if I march into this battle, are you going to go with me? Will I experience a victory? Will there be a breakthrough in this moment? And so it, it tells us that we need to lean into, that we need to inquire of the Lord and ask him before we ever go into this battle by ourselves to say, God, what is it? What is it you want to do? What does you want to teach me? Are you going to go before me? So he inquires of the Lord. He steps off the throne and onto his knees. That's what he does as king. He steps off the throne and onto his knees. And he models for us that breakthrough starts with seeking God more than seeking anything else. Right? Seeking God more than seeking anything else. It's saying, God, I want what's best for me, but I want your best for me, not my best for me. It's saying, God, I don't want my will, I want your will. And I'm gonna lean into this. And so God, I'm not gonna seek my own wisdom or my own understanding. I'm gonna go to you before I go to Google. I'm gonna trust in you and your path for me. And so I wanna lean into. So that's what, I wanna lean into your presence. And that's what we're doing for 21 days. 21 days of prayer and fasting. What are we doing? We're putting God first. We're saying, God, in this season and in this time frame, I'm gonna put you first. And so we pray. So on Sunday mornings, I've loved, right, the last two, the, today and then last week, and we're gonna do it again next week and the week after that. We're having our whole staff and our, and our board members come up front for prayer. 
And if you, need some, if you need someone to pray with, you just need someone to stand in the gap with you, that's why we're up here. We're, just here. we're here to pray with you. And on Wednesday nights, midweeks, we kicked off midweeks last week. We set up tables and chairs here in the worship center and I didn't have enough faith. I was like, yeah, these six tables are gonna be great. We needed seven, maybe even eight this week. Come on, somebody, right? And so midweeks were packed. But what we did differently is typically we start with about 10 minutes of worship. We, didn't, we had about a minute of worship because we had 10 minutes of prayer. And so there was prayer cards for you to be able to pray. You could sit in your seat. You can walk around the room. Why? Because we are strategically saying, I want to get close to the Lord. And so we're praying, but we're also fasting. And so this, this, this 21 days, what we've done is we've put a, a pastor angel, so wonderfully put together a 21 day devotional that helps us while we're praying and helps us while we're fasting. It's a prayer guide. So there's a guide to navigate us. There's a worship song every day. They're powerful. Like I just hit it on repeat. I'll be standing in the shower, listening to the same song. And I'm like, hot water, let it burn, right? And we're just, just leaning in. And it's one of those things where it's a guide to help us. It also goes on the front cover. It tells us how to fast. And so why do we fast? Fasting is a way for us to go without something so that we can draw close to God. It's, it's physically saying, I'm gonna go without whatever it is so that way I can spiritually connect to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what fasting does. And so what are some things we can fast? These are in the guide, but I just wanna share a few with you. So we can soul fast. It's a great option. Maybe, maybe you're, you, you're like, man, I can't go without certain foods. I need them for, for health reasons. Totally understand that. So you make a soul fast. The soul fast is, is refraining from, let's say like social media. You go 21 days without social media, without TV, right? Nope, we're not gonna turn it on and we're just gonna use that time that we would normally be there, that we would just lean into. I wish I would have soul fasted TV between the, yesterday between the hours of 4.30 and 7.30. Just saying, um, Pray for me, your boys, I'll recover, just want you to know, but continue to pray for me. But you, you go without something in a soul fast and you're like, man, is, this, is that really a thing? Is that, is that something you can give up? Well, if you answer yes to this question that I'm going to ask, then maybe it is something the Lord is asking you to give up. Are you more addicted to your screen than you are your stomach? Right? Are you more addicted to your screen than you are your stomach? Like, oh, giving up food is easy. You want me to give up my phone? Oh, no, 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 no. You want me to let go of the TV? That ain't gonna happen, right? Then that means for us, then maybe that's something that the Lord is speaking on our behalf to let go of. Now, you may be here and going, yeah, but didn't you start that last Sunday? Yes. But just because we started it last Sunday doesn't mean you can't jump in on day eight, right? That would be like, you know what? The year started. I didn't make it to the gym yet. Might as well wait until 2025. Right? We wouldn't do that. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. So it's always a great day to start something fresh. It's always a great day to lean into the presence of the Lord. So start with this on day eight. So you can soul fast, a partial fast. A partial fast is also a, a Jewish fast. It, it would be refraining from breakfast and lunch and only eating dinner. So it's a partial fast. You're taking the breakfast morning, those hours, the lunch hours, and then you're leaning into what the Lord says. A selective fast. A selective fast is what you would find uh, if you've ever heard of the, a Daniel fast. There's a giant book about this thick about a Daniel fast. It's a selective fast. So when you read through the book of Daniel, right, you see early on that Daniel fasted. And when he was fasting, he, would, he only ate. He didn't eat from the king's food. He only ate fruits and vegetables. That's a tough one, right? That's a tough one, right? There. A selective fast. A selective fast may be where you go without, let's say, pop, sugar, candy, chocolate. That's how you know you love the Lord. You're willing to let go of all those things. Like I messed up this week. I did. I really messed up because I was like, I'm, 
Just gonna eliminate sugar, right? And I'm, this isn't a boast, this is just me. I, I tempted myself. I want you to know that I had victory over this temptation because the Lord, the Lord has blessed us here in the United States with this gem called Little Debbie Snack Cakes. And they change every season. Like you've just gone from Christmas tree to hearts for Valentine's Day. And then it's gonna be a bunny or an egg for Easter. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And they change it and it's all cute. And then for hearts, they put two in the same package. That's a double portion. Like that's the Lord blessing me. And I'm like, yes. So I thought it was a great idea to buy them for my class on Wednesday night. And then not everybody ate them. So there's a bowl of them sitting and I have to walk by it every day. And I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. It's not happening, right? But, but it's a selective fast. You're going without, again, to draw closer to the Lord. And then the last fast would be a complete fast. It is where you lean into for 21 days, whatever, however many days, where you go with no food. You, now you have water, you have juice, you have broth and things of that nature that get you through, but it is, it is a no food fast. And I would tell you, like you're gonna lean into that one, I would say start small and build yourself up to it. So maybe the first time you go three days and then maybe seven days. Uh, and if you have any medical condition, I would just, right, beware. Like don't lean into that. And then when you're done with that type of fast, a 21 day fast without food, do not go to McDonald's the first day and get a supersized large fry Coke and two Big Macs. If you would like to vomit all day, then, but no, you, you wean into it and you wean back into, out of it, right? And so make sure you're used in wisdom there. But those, those are fast. And, and why are we doing it? Because we're wanting to see God do something special and unique in our lives. Can you just imagine for a moment as we're praying together and we're fasting together, what would happen if we just continued, right? What would, he, what would be possible in our church? What would be possible in our cities? What would be possible in our counties, in our state? As we lean into saying together, corporately, individually, and then together saying, God, we want you to move in our lives. Because here's what happened to David. David sought, he inquired, and then breakthrough comes. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. It says, the Lord answered him, go. For I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal Perizim, and there he defeated them. He says, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies. That's powerful, right? Before me. So that place was called Baal Perizim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Now here's what's so unique. You're like, okay, I don't understand. Like, so, so David experiences victory, and he changes the name of this valley. I don't understand why this is so important. Well, when you break down the name of Baal Perizim, do you know what that means? It means Lord of the breakthrough. That's that name. And so, so it was, oh, this is what this valley, this is what this moment was supposed to be. But here's where God met me. And not only did God meet me, he defeated the enemies. And since he defeated the enemies, we're gonna rename this because God came through. And so he is a Lord of the breakthrough. And so maybe it's time for you to rename your mountain. Maybe it's time for you to rename your giant. Whatever it is that's standing in front of you, between you and that destiny, between you and that purpose, maybe it's time to rename and call it Lord of the Breakthrough. You see, David had the faith to say, and I hope that we have this, the faith to say and believe it, that it doesn't matter what's in front of us because we know who's fighting for us. It doesn't matter how big the giant is in front of you. Understand, it's big, it may seem humongous, gigantic, but your giant may be bigger than you, but it's never gonna be bigger than your God, ever. And so we can lean in and say, God, I'm trusting you and I have hope in you because, because your valley, whatever it is that you're walking through may be the valley of your breakthrough. You find yourself in that valley and that's where breakthrough is gonna happen. You may feel defeated, but out of that defeat will come a marvelous, amazing victory. 
So where do you need to experience that victory? Because what I know is God is bigger. He's bigger than the diagnosis. He's bigger than the depression. He's bigger than the hurt. He's, God is bigger than your past. He's bigger than your failures. He's bigger than your doubts. He's bigger than your cancer. He's bigger than your loneliest. He's bigger than your doubt. He's bigger than your debt. He's bigger than. And you could fill in any word or any valley or any giant and he's still going to be bigger than because that's who he is. This year, uh, 2023, I had a chance um, uh, we filled out some Easter questionnaires. How many remember the Easter questionnaire? Like, hey, what's something you want us to preach on? And then we'd asked, hey, if you could plant another campus, where would it be? And so a couple of people put Sunset Beach, North Carolina. So Angel and I felt like as the co-lead pastors, it was our duty to go and to see, is that a great location for another campus? I just want you to know that, that it is, surely. So if you wanna get rid of us, that's the next camp. That'll be our fourth campus, right? And so uh, we were on a family vacation and we're down in Sunset Beach, North Carolina. And uh, if, you, if you know the area, uh, there's alligators, right? There's a lot of, there's, a lot, there's tons of golf courses and there's tons of ponds and that means there's tons of alligators. Well, I had an opportunity to man up in 2023. Like I, I manned, manned up. So Pastor Angel and I are out for a walk. We're taking this walk and golf course and big pond and all of a sudden there's this monstrous gator, probably about 10 feet long, four or 500 pounds. This thing was mammoth. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I had choices in that moment. I could trip my wife and run as fast as I could, right? That was a bad idea, all right? Because if she survived, how many know that I wouldn't have? Okay, so that was a bad idea. Or it was time for me to man up. I gotta protect my wife. I'm the protector. Like, gator, you chew on my leg, it's gonna be fine, right? So all, there's this monster gator, and I said, it's all good, honey. And I said, get behind me. And so I just stood in front of the gator, and I was like, okay, so what's gonna happen? And so we're just gonna slowly, slowly back up. So we slowly back up and I just felt like, like you ever seen Tarzan? Like when he just beats his chest and like it scares, like you hear him coming. So I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have a holy roar and this thing's gonna run because I just, I feel like this thing's going to be more afraid of me than I am of it. And so we're just slowly backing up. And I was like, ah! thing takes off running. And I was like, this is the day that Pastor Lance saved Pastor Angel. Like that, it, that's what happened, right? So in that moment, here's what happened is I felt like Isaiah 42, 13 came alive. It says, the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior, he will stir up with zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. And so we feel like in those moments, man, I'm gonna be a champion. Like God is for me, who can be against me? And he's gonna lead me onto the battlefield. But here's the problem is we don't always see God as the champion. We don't, we don't see that. We see our problems, we see the giants and we miss him as champion. Now I want you to know that I told you a great gator story, but what if there was another version of that story? Because Pastor Angel and I were in Sunset Beach, we did go see gators, and we rolled up on these gators, rolled because we were in a car. And she was in the car with me, but I want you to know the gator was not 10 foot, it was probably more like five foot, probably weighed about 80 pounds, but it was, the, hey, a gator is a gator. How many know you don't want to be eaten by a gator, right? So here's what happened. We rolled up on the gator and I did make some noise. I'm, I'm being honest with you, I made some noise. If you don't believe me, we even have a video of me taking on this gator. Check this out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told you I saved my wife. I scared a gator. Did you hear it? That's, hey, if, there's one, if there is only one benefit to being a Cleveland Browns fan, 
I can scare gators. <laughs> can't, can't scare CJ Stroud, but I can scare his gator, right? Like, it's, it's crazy. But I don't know if you caught it. Did you hear the little squeal like a cat? Like I thought that one was funny. And the thing took off like, ah! <sighs> and we laugh. Why do we laugh? Because it's funny. It is. But all too often, here's what happens is our, we have this view of God that he possibly can't get me through this situation. It's too big. It's a, it's a four, it's a five, it's a six. It's a 700 pound gator. And, and I don't know how, it's, how he's going to break through this addiction. I don't know how he's gonna defeat this giant. I, I don't understand how, how he's gonna lead me because what's happened is, Pastor Lance, I feel like he has led me to a battlefield and then he left me. And so I feel all alone on this field. And, and maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here in the room and you're leaning into, does he even care? Does he care that I'm out here? Does he care that I'm, I'm walking through this? Can I, just, can I just let you know he does? But sometimes here's what's happened. We take a large view of our problem and too small of a view of who God is. That was me. That was us when we were struggling with a child. I, I took on this, this huge view that God, if it was gonna happen, it would have been one, two, three. And so every year it felt like my view of my mountain, of my giant became enormous. Like it was so massive that there's no way. And my view of God began to shrink. It began to shrink. And in those moments, I, I, I was broken. I was discouraged. I was confused. Right, God had called me into ministry. I, I, I was working in a plumbing supply house. I was making decent money and, and God called me to be a youth pastor. And, and so I'd gone to school and everything. And I'm like, this is it. Like, man, I, I, Lord, I've said yes to you. So since I've said yes, it, everything's gonna fall into place now, right? So why? Why? why, why didn't it happen? Why do I share that with you this morning? Because honestly, I would rather have wrestled with a gator at points during that time because I just felt like the giant was so big. But here's what I love is God's faithfulness and his goodness. Because after we had one child and we're told that was it, no more, you're never gonna have another child, God said, oh no, I'm gonna give you two more. And he blessed me with two, I had three amazing daughters that all love the Lord, called into ministry. Yesterday, we, our middle daughter, we celebrated with her and she had a bridal shower and it was great. Uh, somebody came in uh, while I was working and they were like, do you wanna be out there as she opens gifts? And I was like, nope. I was like, just in case one of these all fools got, got her something for her wedding night. Nope, ain't going out there. <laughs> so ain't doing it. But then in just a few short weeks, we're gonna celebrate with a baby shower because we're gonna be grandparents to a beautiful baby girl named Kyla Joy. It's gonna be amazing. See, God was like, yes, I heard you and I saw you. You weren't alone. Even though it felt like you were on the battlefield by yourselves, I was with you every step of the way. And I can look back and go, God, you were good then and you are good now. Amen. And he was good in the in-between because that's who he is. Can I let you know that in the midst of your brokenness, breakthrough is coming? I need you to hear that this morning. In the midst of your brokenness, breakthrough is coming. Because during that season, Pastor Angel and I, we didn't give up. Were there moments of, of like, oh, yes. Were there moments of maybe some frustration? Yes, but we didn't give up. We kept seeking and we kept praying. We continued, and I want you to hear this because maybe this is you this morning. We continued to bless in the battle. We continued to praise through the pain. We sought him in the midst of the storm because in the midst of our brokenness, breakthrough happens. So when you don't know what to do, you bless him. When you don't know what to do, 
you praise him. When you're not sure what to do, you cry out to him and you say, God, I need you. God, I promise I won't ruin them. I didn't break any of my children. But when you don't know what to do, you declare his goodness. God, you're good. Even though it doesn't feel like it, I'm declaring your goodness because it's your character, it's your nature, it's who you are. And so I lean in to your goodness. When you don't know what to do, you draw closer to him with prayer and fasting. You say, God, I'm gonna seek you. I'm gonna draw close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go without because I want to experience that goodness. I want, I want to experience all that you have for me. All throughout scripture, we see fasting. Esther, she fasted. The children of Israel were getting ready to be annihilated off planet earth, all of them. And Esther fasted and she sought the Lord and then had the faith to approach the king. And she saved an entire nation. But that was after fasting. Jesus fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights to, to come close to the Father. If the Son of God, the one and only Son of God fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights and was without sin, if he needed a closeness to the Father, how much more do we need a closeness to the Father? We see Ezra fasting, Old Testament. You go to the book of Ezra. Ezra was in a, was, had a predicament. He wanted wisdom. He wasn't sure what to do. And so he called upon the, his people and said, we're gonna fast and we're gonna ask for wisdom. Here's what I love. When you read it in context and you read the scripture, not only did God answer, he was very specific with his answer. He said, this is what I want you to do and this is how I want you to do it. But he was strategic and separating and making sure he had that time for fast. Moses fasted, comes down from the mountain with the 10 commandments. Hannah fasted infertility for decades. She faced her giants. So are you willing to face your giant this morning? Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. That means we invite God into our weakness so we can experience his power. Where are you weak this morning? What's the giant? What's the giant? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning, you're watching online, one of our hosts would love to pray with you. You're in the room today though, and you're like, man, I wanna, I wanna face this giant, but I, I need him to face it with me. And you don't, have a, you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. And you're here this morning saying, that's me, I, I want to. I want, I want Jesus to face this giant with me because I can't do it on my own. And you've tried on your own again and again and again. If that's you this morning with no one looking around, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today, would you just slip your hand up as a sign of surrender and say, that's me. Would you pray for me, Pastor Lance? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm gonna pray for you this morning. The second question I have for you is what's your giant of 2024? In the next few moments, after I get done praying, I'm gonna ask you to face that giant. I'm gonna ask you in your weakness that he would be made strong because you're gonna need that strength to face that giant, but he goes before you. And so if that's you this morning, when after I'm done praying, I'm just gonna encourage you all over this place to stand to your feet and, and just to lift up a shout of praise because when you don't know what to do, you bless them. When you're not sure what to do, you praise them. In the midst of, of, of that brokenness, there will become a breakthrough. In the midst of that pain, there is a promise. And so you have to lean into his presence 
presence and his promises. You have to lean into what he is doing, his character and his goodness. And so Jesus, we in this moment, we, we just come to you with an open heart saying, we need you to move. There are giants in front of us. They're, they're massive. It's a big mountain. But God, we're gonna, we're gonna declare in 2024 that there's no giant that's too big for you. There's nothing that, 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 that catches you by surprise. And so Jesus, we pray that today, every single giant that we come against, God, we would speak your truth, your word. We would speak against it in your name. And so Father, for those who raise their hands to come into a relationship with you, I pray that you would meet with them as they admit, as they believe, and they confess their need. They call upon your name. And your word says, those who call upon your name shall be saved. And so Jesus, move and infiltrate their hearts. And Lord, for us that are standing, Lord, as we as we lift up a shout, as we say we give you everything, Jesus, Father, I pray that we speak and you give us a faith to speak against that mountain. It doesn't matter how big it is because you will always be bigger, God. So Lord, would you move in our hearts and our lives? And God, I pray today that we would experience a breakthrough like no other. So God, we give you everything and we lift up a shout of praise to you, Lord. Would you move in our life and in our midst today? God, would you, would you be the God of the breakthrough this morning?